just like that, the second to last Silver Series event of the year is over with. We're getting into the nitty gritty, and this week, it's major week, baby. It's World Championship time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Putt Stuff. As always, I am your host, Devin Primrose, joined this week by just one good buddy, and that is Mr. Peter Strauss. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Yeah, I just got word um, Dalen was on his way. He was actually going to cover Worlds for us in person, mm. um, but then decided he wanted to try skydiving on the way and jumped out of the plane without a parachute. Ooh. So, yep, uh, Dalen even uh, dead once again. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Dalen. Um, I do, luckily, before he got on the flight, he did give me his picks mm. just in case like he first saw this happening. So um, <laughs> we'll just be able to carry on without him. It would have it would have been nice to have you know boots on the ground up there in Vermont giving us coverage, uh, but you know we'll 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 deal with what we gotta deal with and and R.I.P. Dalen R.I.P. Yeah. Well, before we jump into worlds, I love how we're just jumping right over his death like it's it's whatever just yeah, whatever. I mean, All right. <laughs> the first the first time was sad. This I mean this is the second time. <laughs> that he's died this season, so you know it, I I already grieved last time. Well, <laughs> there was an event this past weekend that took place up in Rochester, uh, the Jim Palmieri fiftieth whatever American Flying you're, Disc you're Open. Still not doing it right. Listen, it was listen. It was a lackluster tournament. Did you watch any of it? I watched some of the first round. While I was working. And your thoughts were? Uh, I didn't know anybody on the FPO, and I actually didn't get a chance to watch any MPO. So, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, the FPO side of things, it seemed to be a one, one horse race for most of the, the tournament. And on the MPO side of things, it was a two horse race the whole time because there were so few top level competitors uh in in both fields and so it just ended up for in my opinion a bad uh, a bad broadcast and i wasn't even overly impressed with the uh the course itself it didn't look like anything special it didn't look like uh, honestly it looked like a course that i could go and play and do relatively decent at um it didn't look like anything that was super challenging for top level competitors, which is unfortunate for a course on the pro tour, in my opinion. Yeah. Again, this is just, and I'm sure it'll be similar next week with uh silver series being after worlds of just people, you know, just a lot of people resting for worlds. I think yeah. only like maybe 10 of the MPO players on the field are also playing in worlds like obviously as robinson matteo jake wolf will probably be there yeah. uh zach arlingus i think has been on the whole tour manabu will probably be there uh because yep. he's the highest rated player in the world um but yeah otherwise i mean this is kind of what i expect silver series to be with like having a lot of younger talent who try to you know get up there with the rest of them yeah and we did have a couple people prove themselves against these small fields. Uh, people, I get again. I think I shared this too, where it was like there were thirteen 
unique FPO winners and I think 16 unique MPO winners this season going into this weekend. I was like, well, we're guaranteed to get one more in each because nobody else was playing that had won before. Yeah. Yep. And, and we did, you know, just to recap on the, uh, on the FPO side of things in fifth place was Sandy Hindle. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correct at 10 over, uh, tied in third place was Holly Finley and Ellen Woodboom at four over. In second place was Colleen McIns at two over. And getting the win was Chantel Budinski at seven under, the only FPL competitor to shoot under par. And your boy's prediction on the FPO side. Yay, yay. And while we're talking about getting predictions right, let's just take a look at the MPO side of things as well. Uh, In fifth place on the MPO side was JT Hancock at 12 under. Fourth, Jake Wolf at 13 under. Third, Connor Rock at 15 under. And then there was a big jump up to the top two. uh, And Matty O finishing second at 25 under. And Ezra Robinson, your boy's MPO pick, getting the victory at 31 under. He just he got hot and stayed hot the whole weekend. Uh, I think he, I think on Saturday he actually set the course MPO record and then broke it on Sunday because he just he felt like uh, doing even better. Yeah, that's what it looks like here. Almost a thousand. Almost an 1100 rated round yeah. on Sunday. Sunday was very good. Um, yeah, I mean, is it as impressive as when I got the double pick at you know like an elite series where actual people were playing? Obviously not. But uh, well, well, still. I I could argue this was much harder to pick because there was no top name. It was just like it was a crapshoot. I would say that you. You picked the like easiest choice, at least in MPO. FBO, yeah, maybe FBO could have been anybody. Yeah, um, Chantel was the second highest rated player, and from what I saw of her in the first round, like she played very well, and it seems yeah. like she didn't really take off away from everybody until the last round, um, where she herself had the hot round of the weekend for FBO. She, if did. that's not a course record, I would be surprised because she was the only one under sixty. It looks like. The yeah. whole weekend, 60 strokes. She did lead the whole time, I believe. But, yeah, it was really in the third round that she really separated herself. Well, because it looks like she was only one stroke ahead of uh, Caitlin Clay and Hannah Stepanich after the first round and two strokes ahead of Widboom. So, like, that yeah. was a close race after the first round. She pulled away from them a little bit except for Ellen Widmoom who stayed I think within one stroke but yeah that third round she just said I'm winning this screw you guys well she shot <laughs> she, she shot what five under in that third round or something like that uh let me see what the actual it was 55 strokes uh eight under in the third round <laughs> okay yeah and and I, I don't think any most of the other competitors were shooting around par or or worse um on sunday so yeah that was the big separator yeah, for only sure. one other person shot under par and that was colleen you said yep. mcinnes i want to say mcinnes that okay. just sounds more sure. fun sure i don't know who's right i don't either but i want to be right because that's a f- more fun way to say it i'll allow it you can be <laughs> right 
Um, <laughs> she shot a two under to you know keep her in solo second place ahead of Holly yeah. and Ellen. But yeah, I yeah. would I wouldn't be surprised if that's a course just based on how everybody was shooting all weekend. If that's not a course record for the FPO, yeah, I would be kind of surprised. But and and you know let's let's give Ezra and Chantel some some credit like. Regardless of what the field looked like, regardless of what the course played like, like you guys both went out and won a pro tour event, uh, and I believe it was the first pro tour win for both of them. So congrats to them. That's that's still a big deal. Whether it's Silver Series or Elite Series doesn't matter. You're still getting a getting a win on the pro tour is a big deal. So congrats to both of you guys. Yeah, um, I'm sure Dalen would have some words to say about Ezra winning, but he's not He's not here. He's not here. I think that's why he jumped off the plane, actually. He heard that the second Robinson brother, brother won an event. Yep, and that's what it was. Couldn't take it anymore and had to, had to leave. <laughs> he couldn't stay on this earth another day while the Robinson boys are getting wins. <laughs> it's too much for me. I've got to go. <laughs> Um, I did see one shot I'll talk about from this event. I I think it was Chantel, like on the first hole or something. Yeah. Because there's like OB to the right. And there's also like an OB Creek that ran through like the middle of the hole. I think on like hole one or hole two, one of the early holes. This sounds right. And there was a shot that she threw that even the announcers were like, oh man, this needs a drop or it's going to go OB. Like nobody thought it was making it over the OB and then just absolutely parked it. Yeah, um, at the basket to get that first. Uh, I believe it was the first birdie of her round. If like, if it if it was the first hole, I saw this earlier on Facebook. She birdied the first hole, all three rounds, and only there was only one other birdie the entire weekend from the rest of the field on that hole. So that's that's kind of the separator right there. You know, for why she won is that she was able to birdie a hole that nobody else could. Yeah. Uh, all three rounds. She that, birdied get it. You the win. She birdied it all three rounds. I'm looking now. She birdied it all three rounds. Colleen McInnes also birdied it round three, and that's it. Yeah, that's crazy. Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. Well, I don't want to harp too long on this uh, this tournament. It's it, it was fine for what it was. I am hopeful that it's not on the tour next year. The name of the tournament is the most exciting thing about it. I agree. Tip Paul Mary's <laughs> 50th American Flying Discs Open presented by Dynamic Discs. <laughs> I will do a real quick points standings update for you. Uh, nothing changed. Top five <laughs> is unchanged on both the MPO and FPO side because none of them played this weekend. Um, they all were off preparing for Worlds, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to run down the names. Uh, you can go back and listen to previous episodes if you want that, because it's the same five from last week. So that, so is it for both fields? Nothing changed as far as the top five? Nothing changed. Nope. I want to say even the top 10 was largely unchanged. I do want to point out that the silver series may have benefited, uh, Holly Finley the most on the FPO side who did get some points i she was tied for third right at the yes. series yeah um which bumped her up to 18th place in the standings which yep. puts her over the line ahead of juliana corver at the moment yep so that may make a little difference for her to get into the um two major women's events coming up in the next uh, month or so yep 
Yeah, that's um, that's really the only big move because even with Chantel winning this, she still is around 50th on the FPO side. Um, and then Ezra and Matteo both were firmly inside the top 20 on the MPO side. Yeah, they're so. 11th and 12th right now, <clears throat> yeah. uh, respectively. So did yeah, it hurt so if, big germ it, not to play? That's the question. <laughs> Yeah, if if anything, it just helped Ezra and Matteo with their final seeding to give them, you know, whatever stroke uh, head start the, that they will get based on their seeding. So that's all it really did for them. It didn't uh, didn't really make a difference as to whether or not they will qualify. I think at this point, they're probably firmly in the Tour Championship in October. Jeremy Colling's in 51st, so he might regret not playing the Silver Series, but... I mean, I don't think he could. I think that's probably too far back. To yeah, make especially he's at 240 points. 31st right now is Andrew Presnell, who's at 391. So. Yeah. Yeah. Big Germ would have to have one hell of a showing at the two majors that are left and the, the playoffs. Yeah. So I just, I don't see it happening. I Again, I think anywhere outside of like 100 points back from that spot is too far to make up yep so yeah some names to keep an eye on coming up this isn't part of our predictions but just just looking at this people within 100 points of like andrew presnell yep uh robert burridge garrett girthy paul yulbari eric oakley chandler kramer brody smith jake hebenheimer um i would say all those guys with uh you know this major coming up have a chance really to try to claim one of those spots or obviously if they win uh they would claim one of those spots yeah uh yeah and, and on the fpo side i mean you've got you've got uh let's see 13 women all right there within 100 points um yeah juliana corver lisa ficus hannah hewn rebecca cox alex monhano Alexis Monahano, sorry. Uh Likey Lorenson. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um Anna Bloomers, Deanne Carey, Vanessa Van Dyken, Heidi Lane, Anakin Steen, Madison Walker. I'd say that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean all all of those women on any given day could make a move uh and and place themselves high enough to get some good points. Um so We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to watch both those races. I mean, it's it's tight. Holly Finley is literally a quarter of a point ahead of Juliana Corver for that that eighteenth spot. Which, because Paige Pierce is injured, yeah, we'll see. There's nineteen spots, so being able to play. I yeah. don't think I saw her on the list for Worlds. I could be wrong though. Uh, Who, yeah, no, Paige. Yeah, Paige Pierce is not no, registered yeah, for Worlds. Right, I was talking about Paige Pierce being injured, probably won't be able to play the Tour Championship. I'm pretty sure Paige is going to be out the rest of the year. Um, yeah. And so there's going to be that 19th spot available, which Juliana Corver is currently sitting in. So, Which we'll see. There might be an extra spot technically available for the MPO as well, because I don't know if you watched this video, but at the press conference today, Paul Macbeth was talking about a shoulder injury mm. and he was talking about between that. And I think he either 
they just had a kid or they have a kid on the way that's going to be born in the next oh, month or so. Cool. So this, he said this might be his last tournament of the year, no matter what. Oh. So he may give up his USDGC spot and give, you know, some of these people on the edge another chance to get in. So, huh? Well, you know, that would be, it'd work out well for Robert Burge, Andrew Presnell, Garrett Gurthy. Those guys are sitting all right there around the, uh, Around the bubble. Yeah, it seemed, I don't know. I feel it would be weird for Paul McBeth to give up that spot. Like, it seems unlike him, but, I mean, between his injury and fatherhood, like, maybe he just wants to be ready for next year, and he's like, I still have a chance to win another world title to get his seventh. Yeah, not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I, now he's also laid out an excuse if it if it doesn't happen. So I can't remember if I said it in the Discord or if I said it on the pod, but I am definitively saying that Paul McBeth will not win a seventh world title this year and will not finish top five at this tournament. You said it in the Discord. I'm trying to find. Well, I'm definitively saying it on the podcast now. Yep, on uh, Devin on August 25th, 2023 at 6.17 p.m. Shared the photo of his first and second place finishes in the last 10 years. Yeah. He said, calling it now, won't finish top five. I want to even say top 10, but that might be a little too crazy. Are you saying your stance has changed and you don't think he'll be top 10 this year? Oh, man. <laughs> Part of me wants to say he won't be top 10, but... Uh it's just so tough betting against him. Like it's the same. We've, we've made this comparison multiple times of him to Tom Brady. It's the same thing that like, even when Tom Brady was on a bad team that like was 10 and seven or snuck into the playoffs or something. It's like, Oh, well that team's garbage. Like clearly they're not going to do anything. And then it's like, well, it is Tom Brady. Like (laughs) you still got Tom Brady back there. So, maybe maybe they'll do something and it's like it is still paul mcbeth like i don't i don't think he'll finish top 10 i in my heart i want to say he won't finish top 10 but then my brain is like well it is still paul mcbeth the guys finished in the top two for the last decade so we'll see we'll see but i say we jump right into Worlds. Uh, for those that don't know, the World Championships this year are being held at uh, the Smuggler's Notch Resort in Vermont, which I believe is what has hosted the it's Green the- Mountain Championship or Challenge. Correct. It is. Uh, normally, this is a playoff event, Discraft's Green Mountain Championship. Yeah. Um, this year is the host of Worlds, which isn't the first time. However, because last year it was held in Emporia, Kansas, which is where the right. Dynamic Discs Open is. But they had both events last year, which was interesting to me. That they had DDO in Emporia and then came yeah. back and played Worlds there later. So I'm glad they didn't do that this year. That it's just like everybody has the same opportunity to play this course um, in a tournament setting. So I wonder... I wonder if that's because of the availability of this course. Cause I know, I know the Smuggler's Notch is a big ski resort as well, and so I wonder if 
there's availability issues like to do it earlier in the year or later in the year if there's only like one you know what i'm saying yeah true because last year this tournament was like the week or two weeks before uh before worlds right so it's around the same time anyway so they just figured they'll just delay it a couple weeks and call it worlds this year yeah yeah i mean either way i'm i'm excited this the course is a fun course to watch um i didn't i remember watching the green mountain um championship last year and enjoying it and enjoying the 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 look of the courses uh i didn't get a chance really to refresh my memory today of what the courses entirely look like but i remember them being uh, a pretty good pretty good mixture of some open and, and wooded holes is that correct so yeah the two courses there's brewster ridge and there's uh fox run meadows Neither of them are particularly long. I would call of the two courses, Fox Run Meadows has a bit more park style where a lot of it is open with some wooded holes in the middle. Um, That one is 9,515 feet for MPO, whereas the Brewster Ridge is pretty much all in the woods. Okay. Um, And Brewster Ridge is only 8,350 feet for mpo so like the fox run has you know a few par fives uh a couple of them over a thousand feet for the mpo including maybe one of the longest holes on tour hole seven being 1265 feet yeah that's a long one um which is hole seven which i mean looks like in a pretty open area it's just a long straight i think there's some water in the middle is what i'm seeing there um scrolling down to it here if it'll load there's just oh maybe it's a bridge or something there's a little break in the ob here so you have to get over this little ob bridge that is one thing i'll say about uh fox run too is there's a lot of ob and there's a lot of optional ob in a sense like uh hole four has like a drop zone island kind of to the right where if you don't want to, if you, you know, want to lay up, you can throw 240 feet there. Um, But it's a 475 foot par four. So it is eagleable if you can make it to that island, which is about like circle two short and circle one long if you can land in there. Interesting. So yeah, so just a few kind of optional breaks in the OB like that. Um probably going to see a lot of obs <laughs> this weekend i'm yeah. sure yeah um well not for... as much in the there's a couple lines um of ob at brewster but mainly it's just uh it's just the trees you got to contend with so yeah all right i think that's pretty traditional for worlds is to have a course yeah. that's a bit more open and then one in the woods yeah which i mean it, it makes sense it, it forces you to use you know all of all of the skills that you have um and uh for those that don't know this is a five round tournament which is in like it's insanely long it starts starts on wednesday of this week uh which is why we're we're getting this out a little bit earlier than yeah you're probably listening to this while round one is happening yes (laughs) yes and yeah uh they're 
I believe most of the the top tier um, competitors are starting on Brewster, uh, and it will alternate between Brewster and Fox Run um, for the first four rounds, and then the finals are out at Fox Run on Sunday. Um, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you get four rounds, and then finals on Sunday. There will be a cut after round four. Um, before the finals so it looks like it's literally split by rating so anybody rated over like 10 10 yeah is starting at brewster and everyone else is starting at foxron which most of the names we know like i feel like we don't know a lot of names under 10 10 rated for mpo yeah uh so yep and then the the pools are shuffled after round two so you know, one of those lower tier guys makes a move and puts himself up there and in, in, in the competition, then they'll be playing on some lead cards with the, the top level guys on round three. Oh, I do recognize a couple of these names. Jake Wolf is only, uh, I just saw him. Where'd he go? Yeah, he's, he's like a little lower one. Jake Wolf, Nate Perkins, which, I mean, he's getting a little older, so that makes yeah. sense. Uh, well. Shall we jump into some predictions? We sure can. Um, Start off with the dead man. Yeah, as uh, Dalen's last will and testament, <laughs> he um, wanted to, you know, he wanted to spice things up with his last will and testament here. Um, okay. For the FPO, he is picking um, somebody. He may have picked her once before. I'm not sure. Um, but he's picking someone named Ella Hansen mm-hmm. for the FPO. Um, a little checks out spicy there, yeah. And for the <laughs> MPO, I he's never picked this guy before. Um, so I'm shocked that he's doing it now. Uh, Richard Waisaki oh, is who he is. he's oh. picking for the MPO. All Raptor legs. Um, yep. Who did win the Green Mountain Championship last year? So he, he did. is very good on these courses. Um, so you know, I can see why he would want to go with him. Um, you know, I was thinking about picking him myself, but I don't want to step on Dalen's last will and testament. So yeah, yeah, smart move, smart move. All right, Pete, you want to go first? You want me to? Uh, you can go first. I don't think we're gonna steal. I got a couple options, so I don't think you're gonna steal my pick here. All right, well, I'm going to start with the FPO side of things where my pick is real easy because she's back on American soil. <laughs> and I really think she's going to get the the uh, the season grand slam. And so I've got to go with Kristen Tatar. I want to see it. Like, I want to see her hold all four majors at once. So she needs to get this one. Then she needs to get the U.S. one in a couple weeks. So, uh, yeah, give me Kristen Tatar. Plus, she did win Green Mountain last year by, I think, like seven or eight strokes. So, you know, well, she's she's pretty good on these courses. <laughs> right. She's pretty good in general. Um, but, yeah, give me Tatar. On the MPO side of things, this one's a little tougher. Um, I thought about going with Matty O. He had a pretty good showing last year at Green Mountain and... God, I I really just like I want to will him to a win this year. He keeps <laughs> getting like these top ten finishes, top five, some podiums. Like, just get a dang win already, man. Um, but I think I'm gonna go with Chris Dickerson. 
Dickerson's heating up. Dickerson finished second last year um, at Green Mountain. He's heating up. Uh, he's looked good the last the last few tournaments. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the king of the woods, old Chris Dickerson, man. Okay. 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 Not not who I was expecting you to go with for MPO, but um, yeah, it's a it's, it's a little it's a little bit different. No, I like it. I, I like the pick. Hopefully, he heats up enough to put on a good showing here. He, like he was good here last year too. So if he if he gets this one, the only major that he will not have in his career is the European Open, which Fun is fact. yeah, which is a tough one. Yeah. Well, for my FPO, gonna pick someone who we've picked often, and she's been finishing really well pretty much all year. Has gotten a win, and specifically, she got a win when the pot this year was the biggest. Mm. And this being Worlds, this is gonna be one of the bigger pots, and they call her Big Money. Missy, give me Missy Gannon. It's a good pick for the FBO. It's a wild stat, and I wish I could find the picture of what it is because, like, she's. I think it's over pots that are over like seven grand or something. Yeah, there's been eight of them total, and yeah. she's won half of them. Wow! <laughs> like for some reason, when wow. there's a, when there's a big pot, she just shows up. Hey, she wants the money, man. Yeah, show me the money. So give me a uh, big money, Missy. Gannon for uh for that and for MPO let me make sure nothing crazy is happening here uh because I didn't even look I just knew who this was I was gonna pick going into it you got 216 competitors to choose from <laughs> there are a lot of competitors much bigger field and than last week I could go crazy and pick somebody wild like but... Manabu <laughs> No, again, if Manabu <laughs> if Manabu wins, we all win. Um, I'm gonna go with somebody who's gotten me a few wins this year. Whoa. Somebody who's uh red hot has the most victories on tour this season in the MPO field. Yep, and is the other Gannon. I'm gonna go with Gannon Burr. Um. I think uh, besides USDGC last year, he doesn't have a he doesn't have another major win, and nope, I think this is a great opportunity for him to get a second one under his belt. Um, he took the last couple weeks off after winning at, or after the Great Lakes Open, so I think uh, I think he's going to do great here. I think yep. it's time for him to, at just eighteen years old, become a world champion. That's uh, that's that's two, two good picks for sure. Uh, and they, weirdly, they both just teamed up for the uh, the doubles, the mixed doubles event that, at the World Championships, um, that I think were over yesterday and today. And I'm trying to remember who won that. Owen Scoggins and Joel Freeman won that, which is a weird, a weird. Owen must have carried that. Yeah, she had to. <laughs> I want to say Tatar came in second. Her and her husband came in second, uh, but I'm not sure of that. But yeah, I know Gannon Burr and Missy Gannon teamed up for that, and I don't remember where they finished. Um, but I don't think they finished. I think they finished like tenth, so like not the best. Like but I, I think 
don't know. Part of it is doubles is always like uh, it can throw you off when like yeah, you know, depending on where you are and uh, like because I don't know if you've done doubles, but it, it can get like if one person is carrying, it can get kind of like either that one person gets worn one person gets worn out and the other person gets discouraged. Yeah. So yes, and they're probably holding back a little bit because they know that that the rest yes. of the week they need to they need to be ready. So yeah. Yep. I'm not I'm not reading too much into their their doubles competition. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. I was just making a comment that it's a, yeah. it's a good pick. Good pick of those two people. The Gannons. Sure. The Gannons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it will be a fun uh fun week of of action out there. Again, it's weird starting on Wednesday, but you know, if you're listening to this late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning heading into work, uh, hey, we got disc golf on Wednesday starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, I believe, um, with the, the women and then in the afternoon with the men around 2. I think those are the times. Those are usually the Eastern times. Um, but Yeah, either 8.30 or uh, it might be later just because they usually start on, like, the second to last card. Good. So Could it might be, be nine thirty because that's when the the chase card starts at nine forty and then the lead card starts at ten. Could be. Um, you might be right. Where is I've, when is Ella Hansen teeing off? Oh, I saw her earlier. She is teeing off. She's teeing off early. At nine ten. Oh, because yeah. it's it's ten minute times until the lead card, which makes sense. Yeah. Yep, but hey, we get some midweek disc golf action over on the Disc Golf Network. Uh, should be fun, and hey, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us, however you're doing so. Um, whatever platform you're using, if there's a way of giving us a rating or leaving a comment or a review, hey, we'd appreciate you doing that if you so desire to do that. We also have some socials you can follow at Pod on most of them so if you want to follow us on social media just hey search for putt stuff pod and see if we're there uh we also have a discord you can come hop into uh, come talk some sports with us but we appreciate you we love you guys we will see you guys next weekend for the 2023 discmania open eh yeah there you go that's the one up in canada that's yeah, in canada that's why i said hey eh? We'll see you next weekend for the Disc Mania Open. Good job. <laughs>